we meet the head of Team Penske, Tim Sindrick, and find out what they're doing in Australia today. I hope you stay with us. Tim Sindrick, welcome back to Australia. Have you been astonished by the outpouring of goodwill and, and excitement that Marcus is bringing to the series? Yeah, absolutely. No, I feel that, uh, you know, as, as I reflect, you know, 12 months ago, this was just an idea, and that now it's become a, a bit of a reality. And, and uh, you know, Marcus received, I think even he was surprised um, by the reception that he, he received when he came back after being gone for so long. So uh, obviously a lot of work to do, um, but we're still learning. Uh, we're, we probably know a bit more than we did 12 months ago, but uh, we're not there yet. It took Team Penske a, a long time to really, well, to win that first championship in NASCAR. Obviously, you want success sooner than that experience would have uh, shown you. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the initial date at which Penske got involved in NASCAR, it was back in the, you know, the early 70s, but uh, really didn't make a, a concerted effort until the early 90s. But certainly, um, yeah, we're, we're not here to wait 20 years to be successful. But at the same time, we understand that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, you know, I, I think that combining the uh, really the, the icons of, of Roger himself and, and Dick Johnson and then putting Marcus Ambrose in there, that, that triangle to me has been fun to watch the dynamics of that. But more impor importantly, I think for, for V8, uh, the, the, the people and the, what, you've, what you've heard really amongst you know, the punters is, is more about how we've kind of in, in their minds in some ways put a, a freshness to what's going on here and, and some will like it and some won't um, but that's that's what racing's about you know racing's about having those that you support and those that you root for and those that you root against and that makes it interesting so hopefully we'll make it interesting if anything else. V8 Supercars launching a new logo and talking about what will be generation two of this platform of car how do you see that working for the new business at DJR Team Penske in light of the fact that also Ford are, are saying they're moving on. Yeah, change is opportunity. And, and when, when for us to come into a, a program in which change is occurring is good because it, it gives us opportunities to get in on the ground floor uh, with the changes. Um, with respect to the Ford program, obviously we've got a great association with them, as has Dick and, and Marcus over the years. Um, but I think this, this series, and, and not only the series, but motorsport in general, it changes quite quickly. It's a very dynamic environment. So uh, what's today may be different tomorrow, may be different the next year. So uh, I always look at things more about how things are today and, and how to take advantage of, of the opportunities that exist. And we're certainly looking forward to being part of almost a new, new era of, of supercars. You've been working now with this organization for, uh, I think, 15 years. You're now at the head of it. It's a seven-day-a-week job when you're talking about an organization that runs NASCAR, IndyCar, but now you're going to have a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour-a-day job because all of a sudden you've got a team running in Australia that's on a completely different time zone. Yeah, half a world away. That's when, when Roger approached me probably October a year ago and said, I'm interested in possibly looking at racing in Australia. I, I thought, you know, I thought it was a joke. Um, but then I asked him why, and it, I became, it became very obvious to me that he was serious about uh, implementing some type of, of um, Penske program into to V8. And as, as I looked at that opportunity, I've always enjoyed V8 from afar, but never thought I'd be part of it, just the, the ge geographical differences. And then for me to be able to have the challenge of where do you start? 
how do you go and and for someone like like Roger and Dick to to entrust me into to at least being able to interject an opinion so that they can can really sort what's the best for for their businesses has been an honor in in my way but then to to look at it and know that it is a 24 hour a day job because uh, the time differences and the rest of it uh, it's a great challenge I think I'm in this business really for the challenge and and being able to be part of something from the beginning and and watch it grow I've seen that with our American Le Mans series and the Porsche factory program that we did had that opportunity with essentially the nationwide program in, in NASCAR. And, um, you know, it's, it's very satisfying when, when you're able to be part of something that really starts from the beginning and, and watch it succeed. But, but you're also realistic enough to know how long it's going to take to get there. How do you survive 15 years, 24-7? A lot of people, particularly when you're coming up through the ranks, you five years and you normally see a guy who starts off mechanicing and starting to work his way up, he's burnt out and family and other commitments come in and just say, I can't handle that. 15 years and working your way to the, where you are now, how can you manage it? Well, for me, I, I've never had a real job. <laughs> uh, my, my dad was an IndyCar engine builder, and so I, I washed parts, and I, I grew up in an Indy, in an engine shop, you know, racing cars. And aside from cutting the grass, I really didn't do anything else. So I, I've never really known anything but motorsport. So so for me, it's it's kind of what I do. It, it is my life. I don't know anything different. So that's probably a good thing. Uh, when I look at my career with with Roger, starting you know 1999, it's it's been one that yeah. As as you look at it, it started out as as running the IndyCar program, and at the time I was 30 31 years old, and there there were a lot of critics. You know, how's a 31 year old gonna kind of take the reins of, of such a successful category or su- successful uh, legacy in some ways? And and uh, I just felt like I didn't want to be in my rocking chair thinking I, I had the chance to, to do that, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't brave enough to try. So I, I guess I've always looked at things that I'd, I'd rather try and fail than, you know, not, not have given it, you know, a shot. So it's the same thing with this. You don't know how it's really going to turn out. It could turn out really well. You know, it could turn out the wrong way. But I, I think that um, uh, I guess I'd feel much better about it if, if I gave it a shot and tried to see where it took me. How do you go then when you're seeing people in your organization getting to that teetering point where they are starting to get to that burned out point but you're going this person I can see so much how do you then manage to help them through that transition or through that decision it's a good question but I I think you have to step back and and really help them realize how special motorsport is compared to kind of what what I call a real job Um, you know motorsport gives you so many opportunities and and it's it's almost an adventure that that a lot of people don't get to experience and yeah it's it's easy in the short term to say you need a break and sometimes you have to give those a a bit of a break to go back and maybe enjoy a little bit of of what life brings you but at the same time when you're away from it I think most of the people realize how special it is when you're there you really don't understand you know you you look at the day-to-day and and uh, don't really get the overall perception of it and uh, I think you have to remind each other and you have to remind yourself once in a while what a great opportunity is to it is to be around such unique people because the people in motorsport usually are so different you know whether whether it's the fans the drivers you know the owners uh, the mechanics it's a different breed. It's it's not it's not normal, and if you're used to normal, then this probably isn't the place for you. Made some fairly tough decisions as a business, uh, only running one car, and I think the stats are one car in V8 supercars is something like 1993 when it was Glenn Seaton racing was the last time we saw a champion like that. Do these things have to enter your mind on how you make business decisions over what is best for financial over what's best for long-term growth? 
Yeah, obviously, you know, a one-car team is, is where we're going to start, but uh, it's not where we want to be. You know, if, if we had our rathers, we'd rather be able to, uh, you know, give guys like Scott Pye an opportunity and be able to give the, the, the program an opportunity to grow really on, a, on the surface, you know, to be able to take what we have in an Ambrose and, and what already exists in a Scott and be able to bring those guys forward together. That would be our, our first choice. But there's also the business side of, of how you do that. And there's, there's a side of it that, that also says, hey, do we need to actually be in that position for 2015? Or do we need to take a step back and start with a good foundation to be able to give you know, those opportunities a, a much better chance to grow successfully? Because if we start out with too much too soon, we will fail. So we have to set up a foundation in which there's, there's so many people that, that count on us to be successful it doesn't just happen because you have resources. It happens because you have to make the right decisions. And, um, you know, although it's, it's always difficult, um, when things are very complex, which this, in my mind, is a very complex association, when you bring Dick and you bring Roger and, you know, you bring um, even Marcus in, into the picture, um, you have to break it down to the pretty simple things. And uh, I think the, the simple side of it is it's going to take us a little while. And... It's probably not fair, although it might not be their first choice, but it's probably not fair to bring some of the others in um, that haven't really felt those expectations before and expect them to del- to deliver in that forum. There might be a better time for that, um, where Dick and Roger and Marcus, we've all seen those things, those those pressures and, and the media and the fans and everybody else. We, we've had to answer those questions before. Um, some of the others haven't necessarily had to do that, so we want to be able to put them in a, an environment to where they, they can succeed. That's all we have time for this week on the show. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.